Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to episode 12 of Jake's Takes. And today we are going to do part one of our little March Madness extravaganza. It's going to be exciting. Exciting. I got my cousin, my guy, Asher Smith, with me. He was a former student manager at Michigan University. And I knew this would be my first call when it comes to college basketball. This guy knows every inch of the Big Ten. He knows what he's talking about. And trust me, I'm giving you the best person when it comes to college basketball. So I am really excited for this episode. It's a long one, so buckle up. But if you want your March Madness brackets to be elite, trust me, this is going to give you some really good content. So please enjoy the podcast. And without further ado, I'm going to cue the music. All right, welcome back into Jake's Takes. I am your host, Jake Masucci, and I have my guy with me for part one of March Madness. I'm so pumped to do this. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to introduce my cousin, Asher Smith, former student manager at Michigan University. Trust me, when it comes to college basketball, he knows his stuff. It's insane. It's flat out insane. So Asher, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't even know I was part one. This is an honor. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. First, yeah. first time on Jake's Takes. Let's do this. I know. I know. Some exciting stuff. And we got a lot to get into. But I wanted to start mm-hmm. out with Michigan. Okay. Let's start out. That's where you went to school. It's a little bit of a rough season. Um, I mean, they, start, they started out bit. meh, like struggled out of conference. I think they were like four or five games over. 500 and they had a pretty solid big 10 record like big 10 was kind of weird with like a lot of teams being close together like penn state was a 10 seed in the tournament and they look like one of the sleepers in the tournament in the ncaa tournament so like you know you never know there but um you know a stacked conference and just not some not great losses so talk to me about uh what you saw for michigan this year and like how they can improve and you know kind of how the season went this year no, absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head with Penn State. I mean, Rutgers is the one who knocked us out of the tournament and they didn't even make it themselves. So just an unreal conference, top to bottom, yeah. bunch of people that are definitely going to shake things up, which I'm excited to talk about. But yeah, Michigan just could not find themselves in. It was a, a little bit of a repeat from last year. We had some guys leave that we didn't expect to. We had a couple of transfers come in that didn't work out due to injury um, and just found ourselves kind of digging in, into a hole before the uh, new year had started, uh, including a loss to Central Michigan, which is hard to uh, overcome yeah. with the with the rankings. As yeah, you, no, I'm sure you, you heard aware. a lot from my brothers about that game, which Central's yeah, never definitely. had anything to say about that. But <laughs> yeah, happy to give Central fans any any bit of ammo that they, that they need. But yeah, it was just something where they kind of had to turn it on during the Big Ten, and they did. You know, they got six wins in a row in February, and were like really mm-hmm. making a push towards, you know, outside of the of the playing games of getting into this tournament. And they saw themselves needing to win two, two of their last three, four games to get in, and they just couldn't do it. A couple of really yeah. tough overtime losses. You know, players playing super well. You can definitely tell the young guys were developing. The uh, they're getting the big guys involved, which they weren't at the beginning of the year. 
And it just, you know, was a little bit too little too late. And um, I think that's something that Juwan and the coaching staff are, are definitely, you know, learning as they uh, find themselves getting their footing in college basketball. It's tough with this transfer portal recruiting everything that, you know, mm-hmm. it's really tough to get a team, you know, ready day one, knowing that every loss counts yeah. and by the end of the year in shape, I think that we saw a lot of development from guards like Kobe Bufkin, who's should be going in the NBA draft this year. wasn't even on anyone's mock draft at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, they he, looked the, really the good. he looked, mm-hmm. he looked really good. They had the yeah. talent, they had the coaching, they had the stars. I mean, Hunter Dickinson didn't come in under, you know, appreciated, but they, they just kind of had a couple of things they couldn't get over. And college basketball was definitely deep this year. It was just tough to yeah. get wins where normally you could sneak out some wins this year. You had to fight for every single one. So it's okay. I'm not, I'm not overreacting to it. I'm trying to, trying to keep my hopes up for next year. I'm hoping everyone comes back and love to see what they can do, but uh, definitely disappointing not seeing them tip it off on Thursday. Yeah, no, you kind of summed it up really well. Like a lot of improvement, because um, from the Michigan team that I saw originally, they they were just so much better. Like Buffkin looked 10 times better, probably on NBA boards now. I could see him late first, early second, which you take yep. if you're Kobe Buffkin, 100%. And then um, like Doug, Mc, Doug McDaniel, he was awesome this year. Like I thought he really yep. did a great job running the offense. And near the end of the year, it was just kind of clicking for him. You could tell. So like I think he he'll be does. very – yeah, he'll be very important next year coming in. Uh, Agreed. Then, I think it was the same thing that happened to Frankie Collins last year. Yeah. And coaches were ready to make him the guy, and then he's off to, you know, Arizona State, which, mm-hmm. you know, good good decision it ended up being for him, yeah. but definitely hurt this team mm-hmm. having, you know, to retrain a point guard. So just, you know, things that are, uh, things that are tough with the college versus – you know, the NBA stuff you've been talking about where, you know, the GM's not around to keep players there. Like head coach has to be the recruiter, the manager and the head coach. So, yeah, no, it's really difficult for head coaches because like one minute, you know, okay, this is my team. And then like, right when the season's over, it's completely different. Like half your team's in the transfer portal and half the time you're the one that has to say, okay, you have no chance to play. You got to go, you know, and that's just the best for the the best for the kid, you know? So it's just, it's really interesting. I think for, um, for Michigan, like it wasn't what you wanted 100%, especially with a guy like Jet Howard, like that's going to be killer loss next year. Cause that guy's going lottery and he's going to be a great NBA player. Um, yeah. But they're young. They have a lot of pieces that they can plug in and Dickinson will probably be back. If he's smart, he'll come back. And I think with that, you can build a team around hopefully if McDaniel stays and then if Buffkin doesn't do great and comes back, like, you know, it could be something because Michigan's always going to bring in a talented recruiting class. So if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm not too worried. Um, Agreed. Not at all. I think that most bubble teams should take that same approach where even though it's going to sting for this first week, you know, what's bad about the transfer portal is also what can make or break your entire year next year. So you know, you get extra time to start recruiting these kids in the transfer portal. Well, I saw work my senior year with COVID when we were able to get Shawnee Brown from Wake Forest and Mike Smith from yeah. Columbia and all of a sudden the number one team in the country. So Juwan could also, you know, turn this thing around tomorrow once he hits the recruiting trail. And that's something that's pretty cool. So I would I say it's definitely looking up for teams that, you know, didn't make it this year, but I'll have those young guys coming back and 
who knows, maybe Hunter can convince Jet and Kobe to stay for one more run and could definitely be something, you know, pretty special. Maybe. I'm thinking more Kobe. Maybe. I don't know about Jet. I don't know about Jet. Jet's <laughs> Jet's gonna go like top ten. So like I don't know if that's yeah, smart. Tough, tough to turn that one down. <laughs> <laughs> tough to turn that one down. But um all right, let's get to the brackets. Okay. There was there was a lot of intrigue coming into these brackets and um I wanted to talk more some Big Ten teams. So okay. I know you you watch the Big Ten all the time, 100%. Like, you love the Big Ten. You worked you worked in the Big Ten Conference for four years. So trust me. Yep, I bought Big Ten Plus. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you know every Big Ten team like the back of your head. I know that 100%. So I want to look at some matchups a little bit for the Big Ten teams, and then we'll get into, okay. like, some upsets and things of that nature. So why don't we start with Maryland's playing West Virginia which is a really interesting game to me. That's the 8-9 in, I think, the South region. I'm not positive. Yep. I'll, I'll pull it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, winner to play Alabama. Yep. Yeah, winner to play Alabama. So uh, why don't we talk about that game a little bit? What can we expect out of Maryland? Yeah, I mean, I think that Maryland's a team that surprised everyone, as did most of the you know upper teams in the Big Ten this year. I don't think anyone expected a couple of teams we're going to talk about to be you know, flirting with double buys in the Big Ten tournament or, you know, top six seeds. But Maryland's someone that uh, surprised a lot of people, you know, losing mm -hmm. their head coach was definitely tough. And, you know, they were able to get players to buy back in, make some runs. And here they are. I think that an eight seed is almost uh, an insult to this team. I think that they are clearly one of the one of the better teams in the Big Ten, um, despite how they finished. And West Virginia was a team in my mind that barely should have been in from the Big 12. So I yeah. think that you're never going to get a, a bad tournament from coach Huggins and uh, the Mountaineers. But I think that this Maryland team has really figured out that this is, you know, a year where they can do something before a lot of them graduate and they're going to keep that going. So expect them to be challenging Alabama. I think deep into the the second half, there's they're someone that can guard all five positions pretty well. Yeah, no, speaking, speaking of that guarding, they're a very aggressive defense, 100%. Like very, their opponent's point per, points per game is like 63.2 points per game, which is really good. Yep. Really good defense. Very good. They were Super a team that aggressive. always gave us trouble. We got in fights three of the four times we played them the last, when I was there. So <laughs> it, it's something that is always going to be physical. And they've shown a, a pretty uh, pretty great knack for turning that into awesome defense. So Yeah, yeah. And – um. I mean, looking at some of some of the games they played, they played Tennessee to a three point game. And this was Tennessee with uh, Ziegler and Ziegler is going to be out for the tournament. I love Ziegler. I think he's one of the best point guards in the country. But that yeah. loss will be huge for Tennessee. But for Maryland, like they know they know how to play with teams. They beat Purdue this year, uh, had a win and a loss. Um, they struggled against UCLA, but. They also beat Miami by 18 points. And Miami's one of the best teams, like, I right. think. They're yeah. one of the scariest teams. So, like, yeah, Maryland knows how to entire beat lead eight there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Maryland can make a run at this. They'd be a really interesting team to watch. Um, And the thing is, too, is, like, West Virginia is a little scary, too, because Bob Huggins is one of the best coaches, too, 100%. I would agree with yeah. you. I would take Maryland in this game, 100%. But this is going to be really interesting. These 8-9 games, we got treats with these. Like, they're really good games. 
And both those teams can take on the one seed and maybe beat them, which is kind of crazy. You know? Yeah, we got some nine seeds that are are pretty pretty dangerous this year, which is you know definitely scary if you're a one seed, but exciting as a fan. So we got some good games. I will say that over time, you find that certain things that coaches do in tournaments often get their team farther than they should. Mm-hmm. Um, AKA the Syracuse zone I feel like every year is giving teams fits because they have not played against it. Yeah, this West Virginia press could do the exact same thing to mm-hmm. Maryland. Yeah, all of a sudden you get sped up, and it's something the Big Ten is not known for. And yeah, you know, you find yourself going home. So definitely, definitely agree. When you see names that you've seen a while, it's probably because they have mastered uh, what certain technique from their coach that that he's learned over time, and that's what West Virginia is going to give you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really going to be an exciting game. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, let's just talk about Purdue because we don't really have to zero in on their first matchup because 16 right. seed and. Yeah, I mean, other than UMBC that nobody expected, we can just skip that one. But um, the thing that really interests me is also another eight and nine game that might be interesting is Memphis and Florida Atlantic. So whoever wins that game, I feel like it's a really difficult matchup for Purdue. Do you like Purdue? Like, I know Purdue's really good, but do you have any like faults with them or anything or anything that I mean, stands out to you? Yeah, as a Big Ten fan, Purdue is like everything you can ask for, right? Like they play mm-hmm. through. When I say a big guy, I mean like the largest guy. Oh my gosh! Um, I think second tallest in this tournament. Yeah. Right? So no, like, Oral Roberts, big also yes, up there. Right. He's very so, good. <laughs> I'm praying for that. I'm praying for that Elite Eight matchup between the two of those guys. But that'd be awesome. No, no, Purdue, <laughs> Purdue is just the model of a Big Ten team. They have mm-hmm. a big man who can operate in the paint and has an easy time getting a shot off. They have three point shooters that surround him, guards that don't make mistakes, and they're deep. They play, you know, good defense off the bench. So if you're a Big Ten fan, someone who hasn't seen a national championship since 2000 2002 if you count maryland um you're very excited about this purdue team i think yeah. they're, i think there's someone that honestly matched a lot of what michigan did in uh 2021 they might not have the wings that we had but you know when you have a, a center that causes problems and everyone else can make threes like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a good formula so as long as they can't get down or you know they keep him out of foul trouble which he's done an excellent job of zach e one of the best i i I really like this purdue team's chances i I wish they were in an easier bracket i will say they got some tough opponents out i I think the first round first two rounds will be okay fau is dangerous memphis is good but i think they'll be okay duke and tennessee that's that's just brutal so okay okay um yeah no i i agree with what you're saying i'm a little more skeptical than you and here's why and it's the backcourt like Braden Smith really good Fletcher Lawyer really good but they're both really young yeah really young and if you put it if you go against a team that's going to pressure you it's going to be really difficult and that's where Memphis scares the crap out of me if I'm a Purdue fan because you got Lomax who he's a load like he's huge it's ridiculous he's so strong and he's so good inside it's insane. And then Kendrick Davis, who has been ridiculous. He just torched Houston in that championship game. Yeah, the that fact crazy. that Memphis is an eight seed to me, it's kind of wild after that performance. And I get it. Marcus Sasser didn't play, blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, like this Memphis team, this isn't the same Memphis team that we've been talking about. This isn't the Jalen Duran team. And the Jalen Duran team almost beat Gonzaga. So, like, 
I think Penny has been underrated and has started to do a really good job with the Memphis teams. And I'm a little scared of the matchup because I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on these freshman guards. And maybe Edie's just too good. Like maybe Edie can get them there. But I'm just not sure freshman guards. And then the next round, we're probably going to have to play Duke. Like, you know, Duke's the hottest team in college basketball. You know, it's just really difficult, like you were saying. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I, really, I really tough bracket, I will say. Yeah, yeah. But, yep. Yeah. All right, let's get to um, – let's talk about Michigan State a little bit. Um, so they're also in this bracket. They're sitting at the seven seed playing USC. And if they were able to get past USC, they'd play probably Marquette. Um, I do like Vermont a little bit, but – I mean. <laughs> hey, drop, drop an upset alert right. <laughs> but um like what do you see uh michigan state and do you think they're able to maybe make a sweet 16 run or something of that nature yeah my my fans of whom i'm sure there are many are gonna are gonna hate this but i got i got michigan state going really far i, yeah. I really like i like the story um as i said I, I like good coaching i think that you know tom Izzo is someone who literally invented how to get to the, the final four. I mean, he, he is at one point, I'm pretty sure every player that played for him had a final four in like a 12 year span. So, you know, last time they went was 2019. Here we are. It's, you know, kind of time again that they get in there. So, yeah, uh, I really like this team. I think that they have all the, uh, all the intangibles that you need. I just don't know if they have that score to get them, you know, through past two rounds. I think that they're always going to play deep, great defense. They're always going to get good looks. But I would really like to see Tyson Walker or uh, any of their forwards kind of step up their shot taking, um, you know, looks, attempts, um, everything, because they need someone to put it in more than they're doing it right now. So I will say I like Michigan State a lot. I think the story of this year and what happened on campus and, you know, everyone rallying around them, you know, combined with this team's hustle, Tom Izzo's coaching, it, it's going to be a, a really fun team to watch. I just would love to see some scoring from these forwards. I think Joey Hauser can really, you know, make his name in college basketball because th this bottom half of the the bracket, while also hard, like definitely got lucky escaping Tennessee and Duke. So they can make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. When you said Walker, I was like, I agreed like 1000% because Walker, his – his play off the screen and roll, like if you go under, it's an automatic bucket sometimes. And then sometimes it's not. Like it's just on and off. It's on and off. Like I've watched a lot of Michigan State games, and there's some games where he's gone ridiculous. Their home game against Purdue, he went crazy. It was insane. I think he ended up with like 35 points in the game. Like he can have days where it's insane, and then there's days where it's not. So State's really going to have to find uh, their jump shooting. USC matchup. I mean, I don't know too much about USC this year, to be honest with you. Like, they've kind of been under the radar a little bit. They lost to, looking at the tournament challenge thing, they lost to Tennessee by seven, and then they were able to beat UCLA, and they also beat Auburn. So, like, some pretty solid wins, and I'm, I think they're a pretty solid team, but I would still take Michigan State right now. I just think um, the talent level there, you know, um, yep. they like coming off a loss in the Big Ten tournament, they're, they they got to be hungry. And I know Izzo is going to have them ready to play. So I would take State out of the first round. And then it's going to be hard to tell me that they can't get past Marquette. 
Yep. You know, like I don't love Marquette this year. Um, I talked to both my Xavier friends and they think they're uh overrated, you know, like a lot of people don't love Marquette and Marquette just killed Xavier. So I don't know about that, but you know, like with Michigan yeah. state, when you have Tom Izzo, it's just such an advantage. So if I were, if I were people looking at brackets, it's like Michigan state, maybe it is meant to be, you know, like, yeah, I agree. I think if I was, you know, Michigan state and, I don't know, just their entire coaching staff, I'd be like really gearing up to to go for a deep run. I think that they got everything you need out of this tournament. Um, but I will say I was, you know, talking with one of my contacts on the Marquette team. He used to be an assistant when I was at Michigan. And uh, I think they enjoy being uh, under the radar a little bit. I mean, being a two seed, they're definitely in a lot of people's uh, final fours. But at the same time, I'm not hearing a lot of Marquette, you know, banner, banner talk. Yeah. They they're kind of getting overshadowed by uh, Kansas State, Kentucky, you know, in that region as well as Michigan mm-hmm. State. So I, if I was Marquette, I'd honestly be be happy that they're out of the spotlight because that means that uh, <laughs> if we're not talking about them, other people aren't as well. So you know that, that's that true. More dangerous than we know, but uh, I will. I am excited for Shaka versus uh, Izzo. I think that's yeah, that that would be a really fun matchup. Um, I'm excited for that and. I mean, you never know. You never know with state fans. And I love I like state basketball for or basketball more than I do football. I'll say that. So I'm root, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting this for them. This is the them. nicest I've been to Michigan State people in a long time. So Yeah. <laughs> we'll hey, Jake's it takes it brings out the nice side of us, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right, let's get to um let's get to the Midwest, okay? The next matchup would be Iowa and Auburn out of the big 10 and this one's really interesting another eight nine um very kind of similar teams a lot of offense um so you know we'll see we'll see with that um what do you think about the matchup there yeah i would i will say i was talking to a couple of my uh buddies from michigan but also others who went to the big 10 and there is like not one team that thinks they can get to the sweet 16 i swear everyone everyone i talked to if they went to that school they think they're going to lose early and iowa is definitely one i mean getting houston is is pretty tough because that's mm-hmm. in my mind the best team in this tournament they might not have played the best record but holy cow is that team good and they're insane. you get auburn as a nine seed i mean that's just that's just brutal. I think mm-hmm. Auburn's got one of the best point guards in the country, as you know. Yep. Uh, he definitely runs that offense the better than anyone else could, which is really all you need. And uh, I don't, I don't know. Iowa's just not shown it. I mean, they have shown the ability to to do what they have the last five years, score eighty points, and hope that you can't keep up. But they cannot play defense. They got a twenty-five-year-old center who's undersized, and I, I don't know. I think we're just going to see a lot of the same. I, I do not have too much faith in Iowa, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Um, with Auburn, like, as we were talking about Wendell Green, dude's really good, amazing shooter, maybe not the best defender in the world, but crazy, crazy shooter, crazy offensive player. And then I love, uh, I think it's Katie Johnson. I think, yeah, he's really good. I mean, he just brings so much energy to the game. I love him on Auburn and their loss of, they lost Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, but like, They've been able to stay afloat and stay a solid team. I don't think they'd go anywhere further. And same with Iowa. Like, I, Iowa's got a lot of shooting, um, a lot of stuff that they can do. But, again, like, 
they're not getting past Houston. They're just not, you know? So like yeah. where they could, they could beat Auburn, but I do agree with you. I think the safe pick would be to pick Auburn um, over Iowa and, uh, you know, just roll with Houston, go into the sweet 16 over yeah, there. Yeah. I, I think both Auburn and Iowa have NBA talent for the last three years, which is, you know, definitely great for the future of a program. But at the same time, this year was kind of, you know, a rougher job of replacing those guys. I mean, what, Iowa had the number four pick overall and Auburn had number three um, two mm-hmm. years earlier or last year. So it's, uh, you know, those are just tough replacements. And I think Iowa did it. Iowa's got, you know, Keegan's brother on the team. Like, that's, yep. he's, he can definitely go off. He's good for 30 if he decides to lock in. Um, same with Auburn. They have, you know, athletic NBA-style uh, wings, but – they just don't have the caliber that they had the last two, three years with, you know, either Garza or Murray or like you were saying, um, Jawari. So I just don't know if either, either team, if they make it out of this first round can, can go toe to toe with Houston, but I will say if I was going to do it, they're scoring 90. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. All right. Let's move down. Let's get to the Penn state, Texas A&M. And this one's really interesting to me because I think both these teams are really underseeded. Penn yeah. State just went to the Big Ten Championship, and they still get a 10 seed. Texas A&M was the second seed and probably, in my opinion, the second best conference in, in the country, the SEC. They were okay. second seed there and then made the SEC Championship, and they still grow in a seven seed. So it doesn't really make much sense to me. Tell me what you see, though, Penn State-wise, because I didn't watch too much of them. I only caught the Big Ten Championship, so – yeah, Penn State was, and I think we alluded to this earlier, was kind of like what Michigan was hoping to be or what Rutgers was hoping to be. You know, they kind of struggled with away games early in the year. They got good wins, had a couple of rough losses, but really just came, you know, alive at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, capped off by that incredible Big Ten tournament run. So yeah, I definitely think they could have had a higher seed. I understand why um, with the whole body of work, but we're going to get a football game out of these two teams. I mean, I I have never seen two more built teams than Texas A&M <laughs> and Penn State. They have just, you know, people that can guard all five positions. And I yeah. mean, like they are just built to last, as you can tell, an entire season. And that's why I think you saw those two teams stand in um, at the end, at the end of their conference championships. And that's not a, you know, that's not a, a light stat. You know, teams that typically make the final four or have won it all have statistically made their conference championship so mm-hmm. really they know how to win they know how to do it with a little recovery time I will say I'm nervous that both are going to be kind of overworked you know playing on Sunday going into it versus you know teams like Xavier or um other teams in that bracket that might have had a little more rest um yeah but that's we can but at the same time like Texas who they could both face was all, also in their conference championship so we got a couple of, of deep deep tournament potential teams with these three and I agree with you that they were underseeded yeah, no, I think it's really going to – I think this will be one of the best first-round games, 100%. It's just going to be a rock fight. Like, the, it's just going to be super aggressive defensive basketball. There's so many talented wings on both of these teams. Like, it's really going to be an interesting game to watch. I'm really excited for that one. And with Penn State, like, they could easily get past Texas. Like, I think so. Like, Texas has a really talented scoring with Marcus Carr and all those guys, but um, like Penn state 
they got the wings and the talent defensively in order to do that. So if you're looking at this matchup with Penn State and Texas A&M, both these teams know how to beat talented teams. They've done it. They've done it before. And um, like if you're picking for the future, I'd 100% look at this these teams because A&M, they beat the best teams in the SEC, whereas Penn State, they beat the best teams in the Big Ten. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see, I think. You know, I think that Texas A&M and Penn State were two teams that everyone when they were watching were hoping that they didn't get put up against and they got put up against each other. So it's kind of two upset potential teams. I think the biggest thing is that I would not expect this team to go, you know, very far. I wouldn't I don't think much of America would expect them to go very far, but they're a team that's shown that they can get hot and they can do it in a little bit of time. You know, they can win four games in four days if needed. So that's why I like them. I definitely think they'll give Texas a run. I don't think either team will challenge Texas either, but at the same time, they definitely are both built for it. So we will see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the West. I'm going to try to put these two teams together so we can get to our upset picks. Right. Um, it, we're going to throw Illinois, Arkansas, which will be interesting. And then also Northwestern Boise state. Yep. So Illinois is a nine seed and Northwestern is a seven seed. What are like some points to look out for in both Illinois and Northwestern, you think? Yeah, both I mean, both Illinois schools on the same side of the bracket. Like mm -hmm. exciting field in Chicago. People were were pumped for these two teams in the Big Ten. Um man, uh Illinois, Brad Underwood, one of like the most successful Big Ten coaches since he came in, has never made it past the first weekend of the tournament in his career, which That's is just insane. something that blows my mind Stephen f austin even he he could have done it a couple times and yeah i unfortunately don't think it's going to happen again this year arkansas and kansas is a tough draw that is like, very it's tough just, it's just a super tough draw i will say they they play very well terrence shannon is incredible he, mm -hmm. he can definitely helped this team do it they average i think the most free throws of anyone which is also a huge you know thing for the for the yeah but, they also got matthew meyer right from they Baylor. Yeah. They do. They have some experience yeah. in the final four. They have mm -hmm. experience, which is as you know, come this time of year is is huge. So that that could definitely help, but they have a really tough draw. So I, I yeah. would, my my faith is not in Illinois, but I would love to see them shake things up. Northwestern, mm -hmm. on the other hand, I think is an amazing story. I think they were under underranked, honestly, with how good they were at some points. They definitely showed areas where they were, you know, same old Northwestern as people would say, but they, they got something going there. They got good guards. They have people that know how to run their offense, have been there a while, and um, kind of a lighter draw with Boise State and UCLA. So it's yeah. you know, something that I would really love to see them put together a run. I Again, I, I don't find a ton of faith in the Big Ten this year outside of Penn State um, and, and Indiana, which we'll talk about uh, later with our upset picks. But yeah. at the same time, I think that uh, it, it would be really fun if Northwestern Illinois did something. So we will see. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting. Um, Northwestern, they're taking on Boise, and I think that's a little bit more difficult draw than right. like meets the eye. Um, Oakland went to Boise earlier in the season, and I mean they can defend the ball. Got it. Like they're they're a ridiculous defensive team, and they're a really good shooting team too. So I think that'll be a really interesting game. Um, Northwestern has some good players, Boo Booey, like they they can play. They can play 100%. And then with Illinois, like, I think it's a difficult matchup. Uh, yeah. Musselman, like, really good coach. And they got Anthony Black. They got a lot of NBA guys. So, like, I think it will be very difficult for either of these teams to really go anywhere. But uh, we're going to take a quick break and get you 
get back to you guys with our upset picks. All right, welcome back onto the show. Taking a little break, and now we got upsets. Let's talk upsets here. So let's start. Asher, I asked you to pick some upsets beforehand. So I have some upsets. You have some upsets. So let's kind of bounce them off each other a little bit. Okay. So why don't you go first? What's the biggest upset that you're looking out for in this tournament? I think that the biggest upset in terms of people talking about it, which always in my case means it will not happen, but in terms of people have this team on their radar would be the last big 10 team that I'm excited about would be Indiana. I think they are upset watch the entire time they are in this tournament. It is really tough because they've had a great season. And I think that they could really do something cool with this bracket that they're in, but Kent state out of the Mac is a team that, everyone is looking at for upset alert. They are a team that should have been ranked in the top 25 early, have been fighting to get in it, took care of business in the MAC, took care of business in the MAC tournament, more importantly, to get past Toledo and actually get into this thing. Yeah. And now they're facing an Indiana team that people really don't know which version is going to show up. And Mm -hmm. as we know, Big Ten teams struggle in the tournament, they struggle with, you know, a, a big man centered uh, game. And I think that Kent State shooters can really give this team an issue. And what is Indiana's reward if they do get past Kent State? Well, that is the underranked Miami Hurricanes. So Indiana, I'm going to say, is going to have a very tough weekend. Is it doable? Of course. They've mm-hmm. got one of the top five players in the whole country. That will definitely help them out. Yeah, They've got three-point shooters, as we talked about, which is huge when you have a big guy like Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, but holy cow, I am not excited about Kent State and Miami as the one-two. I would say that look out for Kent State to make it to that second week. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Um, speaking of Indiana a little bit, Hood Defino is really good. I love him so Amazing. much. Like he is really, really good. Um, he's been jumping up a lot of NBA draft boards. Uh, they have him over Trace Jackson Davis, which was kind of shocking to me like instantly and then I watched this guy play and I was like oh my gosh he's really good you know um I think the last time I saw a mock he was near uh 13 or 14 which really impressive you know like yeah. end of lottery type stuff so that guy's really good first of all and Trace Jackson Davis just unbelievable flat out unbelievable and it's cool to be talking about Indiana like this we haven't talked about Indiana like this in a long time I think the last time Indiana was this good was Victor Oladipo which Agreed. is saying something, saying something, because yeah, that was a long time ago now. Um, and this matchup is difficult, very difficult, 100%. Kent State, one of the best defensive teams in the country, not just the MAC in the country. And they got past Toledo, which um, Toledo is really tough, trust me. Um, when Oakland went to Toledo, those guys could play. They dropped one and 12 on us. Like they could play. It's insane. So Kent State getting past them, uh, really impressive. And they've been ranked near the top in the mid-major rankings all year, 100%. And I think they're going to be a problem for IU. But to me, I feel like IU is going to bounce back. Like they've had some troubles. They've had some things where it's like, oh, we can beat Purdue. Oh, then we lose to Iowa by 40. You know, like you just don't know what IU we're going to see. I think they're going to be ready for this game. 
and they're going to have perfect scouting and win this game. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to get past Miami, though. I agree with you 100%. I'm all in on Miami. I love them. Um, I Isaac Wong, I love him so much. He's so good, and they just got guys in Miami. So I agree with you. I don't see them getting to the second weekend. But to me, I feel like they're just a little bit better than Kent State. And it also hurts for me that Kent State, everybody's riding, you know? Yeah, Like, everybody's on them. And that scares me just a little bit. But um, that would Definitely. be – Yeah, that would be my backfire. So, all right, looking at these upsets, I want to talk a little bit about Charleston. Okay, they're the 12 seed in the South, and they're playing San Diego State. And this team can shoot the lights out. Like, they're flat-out dangerous. It's it's really insane. And they've played some teams very closely. They beat Kent State, who we were just talking about. They beat Virginia Tech, and they did lose to North Carolina. But um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Tate Frazier podcast, One Shining Podcast, a really good podcast, and – they played extremely well throughout the whole game. Can shoot the ball, lights out. They're dangerous, flat-out dangerous. They actually gave North Carolina a scare a little bit in that game, and this is, was, was when they were number one in the country. North Carolina fell off a little bit. But Charleston, to me, is just a ridiculous shooting team. They ended the season 31-3. and And when you win 31 games, it's really impressive. Really impressive. And San Diego State is going to be difficult because they can really defend, and they're tough. But to me, like if you catch Charleston hot, it's just going to be so hard to stop because they have one of the best offensive efficiency ratings in the NCAA. And to me, that's really important. Like last year, I was all in on South Dakota State because they had the number one offensive efficiency in the tournament. And they were off and they lost. You know, like we don't know what we're going to see. But I always love these teams that can shoot the threes because if they're on, if there's if they're on, it could happen. You know, so that's my team that I really want to look out for. Yeah, I I think that I would have definitely have to have to ride what you're what you're saying there. I think that Charleston is is the 12 seed that's gonna gonna succeed. You know, it's the five twelve matchup is something that we've always seen lean more towards the upset somehow, some way. It always does. I think you get a, a non power five team in that five seed too. Like Charleston should be feeling very confident that if they come in and they play their game, they're going to get this win. I would I would say it's a uh, it's an insult to San Diego State. They should take it as a chip on their shoulder that you know everyone's got them being the five seed to get upset. But I agree with you. I think Charleston, you know, definitely has the makings for an upset here. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Who do you got as your second upset that you were looking at? Okay, well, I got my second upset pick. I will go down to the West. I've got one that should be no surprise to you. I got the Iona Gales. Okay. Huskies. I think for real, I think that coach Patino is actually getting looks at power six head coaching jobs. And that is obviously a uh, polarizing subject, but also one that can be easily aided by winning some games. I think Iona's made the tournament, you know, with him the past couple of years and just has fallen kind of flat. And this is the time to show it, you know, time to show the Iona fans, all their alumni that they did the right thing by hiring you. And in this case, any Big East team that's looking should do the same. I definitely think UConn is one of the tougher draws at the four seed. I mean, they 
have all the statistics of a national champion, which is saying a yeah. lot it's kind of been under the radar. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be tough to get by Patino. I think he's on he's on a mission this year, and I I'm looking forward to it. They've got a they've got some some decent wins against tournament teams, but they really haven't been challenged yet. So why not challenge them right now? Let's see what let's see what they're made of. I've got Iona on this matchup. Yeah, and the coaching matchup here is just awesome. It's awesome. Um like I'm really excited to see this matchup flat out. I am. Um Iona to me, like it's always Rick Patino, Rick Patino, you know, like everybody's there and they got the recruits on this team. And the reason why they're this good is because of Rick Patino. But uh, to me, this UConn team is just so good. So yeah. good. I, I think I've made three brackets now and I have UConn in one of my final fours. Like I love UConn. I think they're one of the most talented teams in the tournament. And um, the Big East was tough this year. It was really tough this year. It was and, tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, UConn's got the statistics um, that's are needed for champions. I mean, I think it was Ken Palm reading it right now. You were top forty in Ken Palm and top twenty-two in defense. A hundred percent of the champions since two thousand two have been in that that group. And UConn, UConn is included in that. So yeah, I definitely think that even if it is a uh, it's up to anyone once you get to the final four, UConn definitely has the makings to get there. So. That's why I think this would be an actual upset. I think not a lot of people are picking Iona. I think like you yeah. said that it's just Patino and really what has he done since he's left Louisville? Like, is he still that coach? And yeah, find out. So that's I, I very gotta, true. That's yep. very true. And maybe right after the game, he gets hired at Georgetown or something. That'd be nuts. Exactly. That'd be Saint nuts. John's will be in the parking lot. I know. St. John's <laughs> will be waiting. That'd be, that'd be awesome to see for the big East sake. But be, um, I agree awesome. with you. I think UConn, I think that's going to be a very tough game. I know I'm really interested to see. Um, it's just difficult for me to pick against uh, Bobby Hurley and that team he's got there. Like, they're going to be really tough, you know. Um, all right. I want to get to my second upset. Go for it. And we talked about it a little bit in in uh, before we went to break. But um, Boise State, man. Okay. And I just – I don't just think it's Northwestern. I think it's UCLA that's um Boise could be like I really think this Boise State team is for real they were in the Mountain West Conference and there they beat San Diego State once lost San Diego State once but the one thing that really impresses me about them is the what they did to Texas A&M they beat them by 15 points and Texas A&M is really good and I know they didn't start out the season great, and they started figuring it out more in the SEC. But to me, this Boise team, they can really defend. They can really defend, and if their shooters get going, they're just very difficult to slow down, very difficult to slow down, and they're just such a strong team. Um, And I just don't know if – I don't think Northwestern can keep up with them. I know they got some good players and Boo Booey and all that stuff, but I just don't think Northwestern has the capability to keep up with them. And then UCLA is dealing with some injuries. They are like, they don't have everybody. Um, I, I love, I loved UCLA before the tourney. And then, you know, they're just not healthy. They're not healthy. And to me, you know, that's trouble. That's trouble. That's why to me, I think Boise can really, make some noise, get into the sweet 16 and maybe even further. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think that would be one of those 10 seeds that, that are trouble. 
Yeah, I agree. I think what they did to Texas A&M is clearly, you know, something that shows that they can compete in a, in a tournament with some of the the biggest names, um, UCLA's included. And we'll find out. I mean, it's part of the uh, the bias, I think, of this industry that, you know, the Pac-12 Mountain West get over overshadowed because it is, you know, tough to follow them. The, the coverage is not as nationalized as well as you know the times of when they tip off so I, yeah. i'm excited to be surprised by these teams and we're going to get a good one i think that uh, boise state definitely could i would have to say i side with northwestern just this once i think that they got um something something special in that they haven't been here in a while and they want to make sure that they they prove it you know they prove they're good enough but yeah I, I could definitely see boise state once if they get past one getting past two maybe even three so yeah yeah, yeah. No, it'll, it'll be really interesting. So third and final pick, who okay. do you got upset? I thought about going for uh, going for every single 413 game and uh, and pointing up at, <laughs> at Virginia because, man, do I, man, do I love Furman. But okay. uh, I, I think I'm going to probably be smart and not pick every single upset. In this <laughs> um, but, no, in terms of uh, of teams that, that I think can – can make an up, upset run past the first weekend. I think, um, I think going back to uh, Penn State, honestly. Okay. Okay. I think that's, you know, we talked about them extensively, but I, I think that that's a team that, you know, if they get past Texas AM, they're going to get rolling again. And we saw what happened when they did that last time. Texas up next, you know, they, they, you never know what could happen. I, I think that Penn State could find themselves playing a Xavier team that really doesn't know what's coming uh, in that sweet 16 round, you know, I yeah. think that they're, they're for it. So we will, we will see. I mean, uh, it, it's pretty cool that they get to go through some, some former big 10 people on their way. I mean, Texas A&M has marble, right. From, yep. uh, from Michigan yep. state. He knows what Penn state's about. Texas has mm-hmm. Marcus Carr from Minnesota. He knows yep. Xavier has, I believe, Nunji from Iowa. Like they, yep. they've got a, a lot of big 10 people that they've played against and know what it's like to play Penn state. And uh, we'll see, we'll see if they can keep, keep, keep it hot, but I got Penn state uh, going, not one, but two rounds. If you believe it. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like that. I like that. Um, Again, like it's getting back to that Texas A&M Penn state matchup. Like those teams are just to, to us. I think they're too good to be in those spots. You know, like I feel like that's so difficult for Texas and not to mention, Texas has to play Colgate. And um, I'm not going to pick them as my upset team because it's a little much. But Colgate's one of the best right. shooting teams. Um, and they were one of my favorite upset picks last year. Like, they're difficult. They're difficult. Um, so, like, for Texas, you don't love the draw you got. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna stick in the Midwest for my last pick. And okay. um, I'm going to kind of stretch upset. It's not more of a first round upset. It's more of an overall upset. And this would be Iowa State. Okay. And hear me out here. Okay. Iowa State's sitting at the sixth seed in the Midwest. They're going to play the winner of Mississippi State Pittsburgh, which would be tough, but I'm pretty sure they'll get past that. And then they got Xavier next round, most likely. Xavier or Kansas State. I like Xavier in that one. Um, I think Iowa State can will be able to play with Xavier. The Big 12 is such a tough league. And the fact of the matter is, is that Iowa State has been playing really well. They looked really good in their Big 12 tournament game against Baylor. They kind of torched them. Like, they beat Baylor three times this year. 
And they were really impressive doing it. And Baylor's a tough team. They're sitting at the three seed, even with a bad Big 12 tournament performance. Like, Iowa State has really shown ways to improve their team. And they're deep. They're tough to me. They're really tough. And if you can get past Xavier, then you're sitting against Texas, a team that you played, like, three times. You know, you're familiar with them. It's about coaching, like – getting them ready for the game and i think that familiarity will help them win you know and maybe go on to the lead eight which is crazy to think about because you wouldn't you wouldn't think oh a six seed is gonna make the um elite eight but the thing is it happens every year you know it's it's just a thing that happens like six seeds can get hot i mean 12 seeds have done it like you know it's insane like it's march madness man you don't know what's gonna happen and to me like it's the injuries that helps because Xavier's missing some of their guys. And we'll get to, into that in part two of the March Madness thing. Um, and, you know, with Xavier missing guys, they won't be as good. It'll be difficult for them to match up with Iowa State. And Iowa State, to me, is a little underseeded too. And then you play Texas, who you're familiar with. So, like, it's a nice little setup for them to get into that Elite Eight spot, which I'd assume they'd play either Miami or – Houston, which would be difficult. So, like, to me, I really like the matchups for Iowa State and them moving up a little bit. What do you think about that? Yeah, I man, I I, I was I texted you earlier. I just love this Midwest region. I know, just anything can happen. And I was saying they got two teams. It's very top heavy, like two teams that are Ken Palm wise, just like one of the two best with Texas and Houston. But yet, no one thinks that Texas and Houston you know, has the ability to run all six games. So yeah, I agree. I, I don't say that Miami is the better upset pick out of this bracket, but at the same time, Indiana could walk them home the first weekend. So I know. it's just, it's incredible. So uh, anyway, I would agree. I think that unless we get uh, a pit team that maybe feels like they were, you know, just wronged yeah. at the end of the ACC, um, yeah. it, it's uh Iowa State is uh, is a team to watch. I, I would really like them against Xavier. And then if you're getting that far against Texas. So I yeah. think that's a great pick. Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting. And again, like we don't know. Like it's March Madness. No Anything can happen. Um, no one of the Do one- not take any of our picks as yeah. well, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like don't blame us. Don't blame us. It's March Madness. Okay. Nobody's going to have a perfect bracket. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be wild. So before we get out of here, Asher, I want to get your final four pick. All right, we got to get that pick out of the way. So who do you think is making it out of this year's March Madness? Tough. It's a couple of brackets I've been working on. We have some conflicting, conflicting messages, you know. Um, yeah. I will say that I've got some teams that, maybe have been falling off the last couple games, you know, some teams that maybe got some more rest, so, but I also think might be fired up to, to prove, you know, that they are some of the best teams. Uh, I have out of the South region, which we, we barely talked about this team. I got, I have Baylor. I think okay. not only okay. one of the best coaches, but you know, those guards, yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Two of the best, two of the best guards in the country. And, you know, we got freshmen running the show and it's uh it's pretty incredible. So yeah, I don't think Baylor's done yet. You know, I think they were uh, definitely a team that had it all for that one year, but at the same time, they're not done. Their coach is incredible. 
Former student manager. Former student manager. Shout him out. Former student manager. I got Baylor going up toe to toe with Alabama, and I got Baylor coming out. So wow, that would be interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I I like that. Baylor out of the. Thank you. Thank you. I like that that a lot. Which we uh yeah. Out of that Midwest region, which you spent a lot of time, I got Indiana. That is that is my surprise team. In okay, this not okay. They've been they've also been falling, but they uh they're gonna have to go through probably the toughest the toughest route yeah. of teams that you know no one knows who's gonna win. You know, Indiana mm-hmm. could could win every game by twenty if they came to play, or they could be in a dogfight up until Houston. So we will, we will see. But I got Indiana. I got Trace Jackson Davis, and I really think Hood Shafino is the reason. I think okay. he's a. Uh, Pacino is going to show up, show you why he's a lottery pick, and it's going to be exciting to watch. Okay. And then at, going to the bottom, I got for the West. I got Kansas. I've had okay. Kansas since day one. It's a, uh, it, it's hard to go against it. Like you need one seeds in your final four. I mean, a one mm. seed has won the last five years. They've won, what was it like twenty nine of the thirty six tournaments since we got to, to sixty four teams. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. I think Kansas is that one seed. I think Jalen Wilson is that guy. Um, I know you talked about him on your last podcast. Like yeah. he is, he's the he's that guy. So Kansas, I got coming out of the West. Um, and then in the East, uh, I'm gonna have to go with um Michigan State. I'm gonna, I'm wow. gonna call it. I think wow. that Michigan State is gonna do it. I think that you know, Duke and Purdue can beat each other up, but Michigan State's gonna come in out of nowhere and show you why uh why Tom Izzo can get teams to the final four. So those are my final four teams. I got Baylor, Michigan State, Indiana, Kansas. I uh, I think anyone can win. I think Indiana is going to be the team that I end up picking. Um, okay. More rooting for them than, uh, than agreeing with it. I think that Kansas has the makings, but – we will see. I just don't think I don't think Purdue and Marquette are scary enough teams to to bounce uh, anyone in Michigan State. It's theirs for the taking if they show up. So yeah, yeah. No, I kind I kind of like that. Not gonna lie, I kind of like that. Um, how on a scale of one to ten, what's your confidence level in it? <laughs> Four, Four. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe two. Uh, as soon as I did and I saw two Big Ten teams in there, I'm like, all right, this is just got to start from scratch. Gotta hey, start hey you're, a, you're a Big Ten guy. You're a Big Ten guy. You got to stick I'm to a, it. I'm right? a Big Ten guy, Jake. I, I got to stay loyal to <laughs> Big Ten. And as much as uh, I love Houston and what they've done last three years, I got the Big Ten. I got Indiana. I got Michigan State. We're going to see it. Okay. Okay. All right. So since this, is part, since this is part one of the podcast, I'm going to give okay. you – my final four, but I'm not going to pick okay. who wins. Okay. That'll come out part two with Jonah. All right. So in my elite eight, okay, the South, I have the one and the two. I have Alabama okay. and Arizona. Okay. And to me, I just think they're the two best teams. Um, Alabama, the ride I have for them, like Maryland's going to be difficult. We talked about that a little bit. I think that's going to be a very tough matchup for them, but they're going to be able to get through because like, they just got so much shooting, so much shooting. I talked about it a little bit on my last podcast. Like they shoot so many threes. They're such a modern style of basketball and they could just lose because they're not hitting shots. 100%. Like I get it, but um, they're, they're just tough to pick against because their bigs are so talented too. And they're also a really good defensive team. They're still top 15 in defense. So most champions that come out are top 10 in offense, top 15 in defense. That's just what it is. So yeah. Alabama has the making of being that team, you know? 
So to me, I just think Alabama is too good for San Diego State and um, Maryland. So they would get past to the Elite Eight. And then to me, um, what's Arizona? Like, they're just so good. So good. Um, I actually have them playing Creighton in the Sweet 16. And, um, you know, I they just got great guards. I love their coach. Uh, I think it's Tommy Lloyd. He's amazing. Does a great job. He's just so smart with the way he creates plays for the team. And it just gets guys wide open. Like, I love Arizona and their bigs. So, I got Arizona um, in that Elite Eight with Alabama. And then I'm just going to ride with Bama. I mean, ride with Brandon Miller, probably the best player in college basketball there. So he's going to sit my final four. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, the last mock draft I just saw, he just moved over Scooter Henderson, which is ridiculous to okay. me. Uh, like he's been playing out of his mind, you know, and um, you can talk about the murder charges and all that, but we're not going to talk about it. So um, no, it, uh, it, it gets me uh, excited as a Pistons fan. I will say that. Play. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, that. I'm hoping if we don't get one, he's on our list. So. He's on our list. It'd be him or Scooter. And I wouldn't care either way. He's he's played himself into that top th- top three range where it's three guys. Now it's not two guys. It's three, you know. So that'll be interesting. Um, getting to the East, this one I kind of had a little fun with. Um, the Sweet 16, I have Memphis going over Purdue because I really like that matchup. So I have Memphis, and they're playing Duke, okay? And then I had Providence and Michigan State, which is really wow. interesting. Um, Kansas wow. State, I love Kansas State. There's some brackets I have them going far, but to me, like they didn't show me as much as I wanted to see in the big 12 tournament. So to me, they're a little bit of an iffy, iffy three seed. And then Marquette, like they're just an iffy two seed to me. I I really don't see it with Marquette. I think state can get past them. And um, in the sweet 16, I actually picked Providence over Michigan state. I just think Providence would be on such a run that they just really keep going and really keep thriving. And then I have uh, Duke over Memphis, and then I pick Duke to beat Providence and um, go in the Final Four. I don't love that pick because Duke has been Duke has been really hot, and most of the time, really hot teams kind of fall off in the tournament. We saw it a little bit with Iowa last year, um, you know. So like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see there. I do. I like Duke a lot. They're starting to play the way their recruiting um, class looked, which was three top 10 guys. So, yeah, I actually have Michigan State playing Duke as well. So I I, I like that a lot. I think Shire's great coach. And yeah, there's no no step back from last year. They're they're an unbelievable team. I like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Midwest. I talked about it a little bit with uh, Iowa State, so I'll keep it brief. I have Iowa State in my Elite Eight, and I have okay. them playing Houston. Okay. Nice. Houston, I had them playing Miami, and that was a toss-up for me because I really like Miami. I think they're really good. But if Sasser is back and playing, Houston's just ridiculous. They fly out ridiculous, yep. have one of the best defenses in basketball. I love how they play. They're so physical. And they can win games without shooting well, which really impresses yep. me. And then – um. I think it's Jarris Walker, but this guy's 
insane. I love him. If the Pistons were ever to fall out of the top five, which would suck, it would be horrible. But I would not mind getting Walker. I love this guy. This guy, a perfect NBA guy. And he can shoot the ball a little bit. Like, he's a really good player. I like Houston yeah. a lot. And I have Houston over Iowa State in that Elite Eight in Houston in my final four. Um, Iowa State, I, like I just think the magic – Magic would just run out. Houston would be in my final four. Yeah, you got Houston playing in Houston. That's not a yeah. bad pick. Yeah. And home. I know. I know. Be wild, wild. And then the Maybe last so. last one in the West. This one was really tough for me. Um, in the West, my sweet 16. So I had Arkansas beating Kansas. Okay. Okay. I really like Anthony Black. I like the wings Arkansas has, and I love Musselman. I just think he's an unbelievable coach. So I had Arkansas beating Kansas, and then I had UConn meeting them in the Sweet 16. And I just love UConn. I just think they're a little too tough, and this is their year to really shine. So I had them in my Elite Eight. And then I have Gonzaga meeting UCLA in that Sweet Sweet 16, and I picked Gonzaga over them. I think Gonzaga is really good this year. They're a little under the radar this year. And – um. I think they're dangerous. And then Gonzaga, UConn, two teams that are really interesting and really under the radar. So, like, if you're looking for a champion that um, to pick that most teams, most guys wouldn't, these two teams would be really interesting to pick. But I actually have UConn squeaking out, just squeaking okay. out and making my final four. So my final four games would be Alabama, Duke, and Houston, UConn. That's my final four. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? that Okay. I like that a lot. I think, I think all of those teams are uh, making my elite eight or at least, uh, you know, playing for the elite eight. Like they are all teams that should be on everyone's radar. I also think there are teams that statistically make sense with all the teams we've been talking about in the past 20 years Mm -hmm. who have won it. Um, I, I would say that obviously anything can happen, but I think all those teams have that like wear and tear, where you know all other teams might be getting upset in areas you didn't see it, they're gonna keep keep riding. So I, I like those teams a lot. I would say that uh would not be surprised to see um a lot of people who picked Alabama get get upset when they face my Baylor Bears. I think that uh that could that could break a lot of brackets. Not yeah, mine, but yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting. I do like Baylor over Alabama because, again, I was telling you, the one worry about Alabama is if they're missing their shots because Oklahoma did come and beat them by 35 at home. So, like, anything can happen, you know, like. But but Nate Oates is a great coach. Uh, He'll, you know, the the number one overall seed in the tournament usually does does pretty well historically. Yeah. uh, That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear who you got, who you have in the finals and who you have winning. So I'm looking forward to listening to that later. Yeah. So, Ash, I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast. This was really a lot of fun. One of one of my longer ones. I mean, we had to go so in depth and this was I was so excited to do it. I was so excited to do it. So I'm really appreciate appreciative of you coming on man yeah anytime this was uh this was definitely my uh my area if i had to choose uh what i want to talk about for this long it would be march <laughs> and uh man am i exciting for am i excited for thursday it is yeah uh, it's gonna be a great day i'm already Dude. planning on calling in sick to work it's, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be i'm excited you and I it's gonna be a blast that. yeah yeah, no, we'll yes, be texting definitely. throughout the whole thing. We'll be texting throughout the whole thing. 100%. 100%. But, 
Yeah, no, thank you so much for joining the podcast. And that's going to wrap up part one of our little March Madness extravaganza. We could dive in deep into it. So, Asher, thank you so much for joining the pod. And I will see you all soon. Peace.